Welcome to the UNSW Times podcast. Please like and share if you enjoy the show. Bitches. I said certified freak. Seven days a week. Wet ass P word. Make that pull out game week. Yeah. 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 I'm Henry. I'm Fod Minto. Uh, I'm Akil. I'm Faish. Welcome to the third episode. How are you guys? I was stressed about exams, but I've sort of gone past that stress point and I'm just paralyzed by what I have to do. So I'm just vibing now. Yeah, I'm actually, I've got an exam tomorrow, but I sort of, because I, I really hate the course and because I hate it, I refuse to study for it. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy, bro. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have exams, so. Wow. <laughs> anyway, what, what have us non-exam people been up to in the last week? I've been trying to write a screenplay. Oh. All right, fun fact, me and Vice used to go to the same high school. We were just four years apart, so we never knew each other. Four years <laughs> apart. <laughs> Do you have any idea how old you said you were? <laughs> so gross. Oh, Dude. I think mean, so far, we both graduated in 2016, didn't we? Yeah, we graduated in 2016. Yeah, and then I'm 2017. So you were 2017, and then you did a year at Macquarie, and then you moved to UNSW in 2019. That's right, yeah. Right when trimester started. Yeah, it was so bad. I remember I did I didn't know that trimesters were a thing when I was like doing my UAC application and stuff. When I was doing my timetable timetabling last year for like, you know, obviously for term one, I was like, hang on a second. Something doesn't look right here. The exact same length as um the first two semesters of the year. <laughs> yeah. And why is it in September? Isn't summer <laughs> December? <laughs> well, well, why can I only do three courses instead of four? you teach, so like, have you ever given anyone like a fail mark or anything? Like, not that many people fail. We sort of, it's not that we try to make people pass, but like, if people are failing, it's very easy to tell early on if they're going to fail. So you try, try to intervene and like give them special attention. Anyway, uh, the reason we brought up failing classes is because, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but they're cancelling hex fees. That's crazy because I feel like. And they just did a quick Google search. According to ABC, under the latest changes, students who fail more than 50% their classes after taking at least eight units will no longer be able to access HEC. Wow. I feel like the first year of uni is quite hard, just in terms of like, you know, lifestyle adjustments. So I feel like that's the worst time to sort of place that pressure on, you know, on like first years, you know? I would say, I think the way I say it, this kind of, this affects two groups of people. The first group, it's like people who clearly shouldn't be in the degree that they're in, either because they sneak through and they, they shouldn't be in that degree and they just like, they're not, they're not, they don't care about uni, they're not paying attention, they're just failing, right? This will kind of wake them up like to do something else with their life. And I, I don't think that's a bad idea. The, the people I'm worried about are people who are like, they're first in their family to go to uni or they're disadvantaged in some way and they, people who genuinely struggle, those people I'm more concerned about. I'll tell you who this will impact the most. People who are pressured by their parents to do law and med and hate it. And for those people, I say, you know what? If it helps them not do what they hate, I'm all for it. I think it's interesting that you framed it that way because I think that's exactly what the government wants you to think. In that, like, the Liberal government have been—they've been trying to cut uni funding for like the past six, seven years that they've been in government, 
Uh, but then like every time they do it because it's so like unpopular because they make such like big changes it doesn't pass through so i I feel like what they're trying to do now is like how much money are you really going to save by not giving hex to people who fail because it's a loan that people pay back the money you save isn't going to be seen until like way down the line anyway so it doesn't seem like they're going to save any actual money it's just like a small change it's like oh we won't give hex to just these people who we felt a lot of courses they thought it would be more easily accepted by the public which i don't think it has but i feel like they're just trying to like chip away at the concept of just cutting university funding like a little bit by little bit so like you remember how like a few months ago it was like oh we're gonna give more funding to stem even though no they're just gonna cut everything but they're gonna cut stem less than arts funding yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like part of their like 60-step plan to deregulate universities in like 15 years time yeah no i get that i yeah, I definitely agree. And the other thought I just realized here was that I feel like the kind of people that tend to fail, if you're failing, they're not going to be earning enough to, to pay back that debt, are they? Like, it, I mean, I'm guessing that there was some sort of justification like that. I was like, oh, these people aren't going to pay back their loan anyway, so why give them to them in the first place? I'm assuming that's it. I agree with you, Henry, now that you said it, but my guess is that the, the justification is something along, along the lines of we're not getting this money back. It's really interesting. We're known for like some of the best unions and some of the best public systems in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, why deregulate what is internationally known as one of the best in the world? Well, I mean, you take away as much public, like as much funding from public services, so everyone thinks that public services are shit because yeah. of how much money you've taken away from them. Which I feel like is what's happening with unis right now. They've actually been doing the same thing in the US with like their mail system. And now they're not functioning at all. They're like, oh, privatize the mail, which is like a terrible idea. What are your thoughts for that? I sort of like, once you fail for out of eight subjects, don't a lot of unions just kick you out at that point? I mean, I don't know how the other unions work, but UNSW, you have to fail the one course three times. Yeah. You get suspended. And even that's only for like a semester or a couple of times. Okay, so here's a fun fact, right? When I was reached, like looking up this stuff, apparently 6% of first year students fail all their subjects in the first year. Six percent, and like, I don't think I know anyone who failed subject first in first year. But because like we're around, like so, like father, you went to selective school, and like, are they, we all we all went to like we all come from like relatively well off backgrounds, right? I imagine that the kind of people who are failing all their courses are the people who just don't care about uni and who did it because either they don't know what they want to do or they were fully forced into it by their parents and they hate it. Right, and I don't think there's that many people out there like that, are there? What I imagine is like some kid who, like, you know, comes from a bit of a, like a poor family, going through some financial hardship, you know, also struggling with like mental health issues. And then they go into UNSW in their first year, they sign up for some app designing class, and then, then they get this cunt of a teacher called a kill. <laughs> <laughs> Who's like, no, I don't like your face. I'm going to give you a fail. <laughs> I kind of like, as you were giving the monologue, it's like, fuck, this is going to come back to bite me, isn't it? <laughs> Wow, this kid's a bit of a cunt. I'm going to give him a fail mark. And then the, end, the hex fees get declined. The fucking, they fall into more financial hardship. The parents have to sell the house. Pivoting, pivoting away from the obvious, do you reckon how much of those six men do you reckon are people like that versus just like really like people who are coming from like fairly privileged positions who don't understand what it means to get a uni degree and are just fucking around? Because I feel like from my personal background, I know more people who are just like, lazy and really shouldn't be going to uni versus people who genuinely should be and who are struggling because of like reasons that aren't their fault i think most of the people that i know that fail the subjects just like it's not really a, a mental health thing or a financial hardship thing they're just like 
overestimate their ability and like they just want to do the best course and they just fail. I think one of the issues is um, say for instance, uh, if you move to Sydney to do a degree from say like Broken Hill or like some other more rural region, you you got to pay rent, you know, and a lot of people have to. Well, a part-time job's going to be pretty hard, even with um, youth allowance and you start to pay for rent plus utilities and like living expenses. I don't see how the failing the four courses and um, taking away hex would make their life any better. Because like even if, if they just fail like one or two courses in like their first year, it's still, like adjusting to say things like moving away from their family, doing uni for the first time, and like I don't see how having this thing hang over their shoulder. What net benefit would this policy have? Time and time again, we know that like a university education is like the biggest way to get out of your economic circumstances. And whenever you have like, any blanket policy, it always hits the most disadvantaged people the worst. And I feel like if you want to do something to, to like get rid of the people who are exploiting the system, it needs to be like a really hyper targeted policy. This is not that clearly. With the heck, and like the new policy i feel like they frame education as a privilege not mm. not like a fundamental right i and so in saying that it's like oh if you're not making the most like we're giving you this privilege but when in like a in like in australia especially education is like a great way to sort of you know get out of financial hardship like in a world where education is just so like necessary to sort of get by it's just sort of treated as a privilege also the rather other thing than is that, a right. Also, the other thing is off that. It's like 30 years ago, degrees weren't that common. Now, I would say that like most people need to get them to get anywhere. It's such a basic requirement for a lot of industries. And so, I, yeah, actually, now that you said, I really don't like the idea of treating it as a privilege when it's so clearly a necessity to, for most things. It doesn't just go in for education. It goes for a lot of stuff. When it comes to like merging systems, like I remember um, like, Wait, I was just thought of something completely unrelated. You know what? You know the pink tax? Like people no, are trying to get like GST or something off feminine hygiene products. And the argument I've seen quite a bit is, oh, people are just going to mooch off the system. But it's also like, am I going to go to Woolies and take an entire unit of pads? Like how much am I going <laughs> to? There's not much. I, I can't really mooch off that much, right? Like there are going to be people who go to uni and it's not going to be the right fit for them because whether it's like they might just not be able to keep up with how intense uni can get, but it doesn't mean that they don't deserve that shot for education. Should we move on to the next topic then? Should we move on? Uh, yeah. TikTok and TikTok getting what do you guys think potentially TikTok? banned in Australia. Well, basically, right, America's been like Trump's been trying to ban TikTok since like what, June, oh. July? And like it's always they're always saying, oh, next week and next week it's getting banned. And then it gets delayed. <laughs> now it's gonna be like September eighteenth, it's getting banned. And I reckon it's not it's not even gonna get banned. Apparently, like if an American company buys TikTok, it's not getting gonna get banned. It's just because it's a Chinese company. The the really funny thing is because every time it happens, everyone on TikTok goes, Hey guys, follow me on Instagram, it's been great knowing you all. And like every week it doesn't happen. And so they keep having to like repost that video of them going, Oh, follow me on my other socials, like every couple of weeks. It's really funny. I at a really high level, I get the fear of Chinese learners. I get it. I think it's unfounded to a certain extent. I, I saw like grown ass men crying, like on TikTok, like, you guys are like family to me. All your followers are family. Like 30 years old, I was like, make sure to follow me on Insta. I'll miss you guys so much. <laughs> How monetizable is TikTok? Is it a place to make money? I think it is a place to make money for like the really popular people. Yeah. Not that I'm an influencer or anything, but I just heard that. It's easy to get money through brand deals. 
but it's not like YouTube where you can put ads on it. So that's why a lot of people, like when you've got like the threat of TikTok being banned, they're also shifting to other social media, like whether it's Insta or YouTube. I heard some people make like $20,000 off TikTok. Oh yeah, I saw the one, one video from one video. That's how they like move into like those expensive ass houses, like the hype house and shit. Are there are there just a bunch of TikTokers who live together? How Is that it? It's just a bunch of teenagers living in a house, and there's always like kids and like paparazzi like waiting outside, waiting for someone to go in. Every time like they leave the house or go in the house, just to, like get the mail or some shit. They need to do sign like twenty autographs, take twenty pictures, answer like fifteen personal questions from like tabloid media like every time it's like the i don't know man like with the more like tiktok hype houses types i'm uncomfortable thinking and talking about it and just knowing about it because it's all like kids they're all like 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 under 18s and under 90s like that i don't want to know what they do with their lives it just it feels weird knowing about them that they exist well i saw i saw a video of like it was like a 10 minute video online of like a paparazzi outside one of the guys on the roof, like, not wearing a shirt, just, like, practicing TikTok dances on the roof for, for the fans. <laughs> and just practicing, and then he actually films one. But, and it was, just, it was, like, a 10-minute video, like, what? Who's watching this? Uh, apparently, I'm watching it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, who else? Like, I'm watching it for, like, the irony of it. Like, who actually is, like, oh, yeah, I, want, I just want to see this 10-minute video of this guy practicing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, fine. Do you want to tell us about the time you got banned from TikTok? Uh, all right. So, basically, <laughs> man, I had, some, I had some, a few bangs on TikTok. Yeah. A couple of and then I, I was, like, I was, like, I'm going to take a break from TikTok. But then um, I posted a couple of things on my private TikTok and it got me banned for explicit content. Oh, and now, I, now that TikTok is getting banned in America, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you guys can get banned. You banned me. You also posted a clip from a porno with the actual like porn happening yeah. on TikTok. Yeah. I thought you got reported, didn't you? No, I, yeah. no, I posted it on my private TikTok. No. They figure out, so it's, it's actually a genius move. Tepto figured it out by separating the video from the audio. And it's much easier to like analyze audio than it is to analyze video. And so that's how you got fucking got banned. They heard people, I'm assuming, having sex on the, in the audio tape. And they so identified that. Clip of like some guy saying booyah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, I know that. I don't know if TikTok has people who like monitor the private TikToks. I'm assuming they do. But Facebook has a whole fucking building of people just like looking at like if a video has gore. And violence or explicit sex in it to sort of or to remove them. What a mentally damaging job that must be. I've, I've read articles and I'm just like, whoa. What about, what about editor of Eunice every time? They've been pretty mentally damaging. Henry's way of dealing with bad ideas is just, just ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't say anything about it. He just waits for people to move on. He's like, anyway, ciao. <laughs> All right, look, I don't know how to... You have the integrity to not post me if you think it's bad. But you don't know how to say no, so you just ignore it until, like, it gets forgotten about. All right, here's the thing, though, right? Like, if you guys post something funny in the group chat, uh, if people like it, someone will react and say that's good. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I don't need... Because sometimes, like, I'll, I'll be, like, indifferent towards something that's posted on the group chat, but then if other people, like, find it funny, they'll be like, all right, yeah, I'll just post it anyway because other people are finding it funny. So, it's... But it's, yeah. like, responding to a certain joke in the group chat. It's not like my job to tell if it's good or not. Like you, you can you can read the you can read the. Like, I don't know what you think the word editor means, but that's exactly what you're meant to be doing. 
All right, should we? Okay, should we? Should we sh- switch gears to? Should we? Should we take this conversation to the DMs? <laughs> All right, let's talk about rejected units of your times ideas. So, like I said, it is hard to say no to people, especially um, because when I recruited you guys at the start, I didn't know you guys, and I have worked with people who take rejection very personally in a in a work environment. Because I'm like, oh, what if they think it's because I don't like them? Or like, what if they take it like real personal and shit like that? It is kind of hard to sort of um, say no, just in general. I think it would be good to like talk about like ideas process for the group chat now that um, both Akil and Vaish are in as well. Because you two actually um, collaborate a little bit together. Yeah, sometimes. Like, like, like what, what are you implying? Like, you, you two are very good friends, I've heard. And you've been very close before the units of your times as well. So... I heard that you guys sometimes work on articles together. I remember the Valentine's Day article about the guy uh, buying oh, a yeah. button-up shirt. That that article was um, a collaborative effort from you two. Well, anyway, so for background, so I've knew each other before times, and so we 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 don't collaborate too much these days. But I think earlier on, we used to work together a bit. I don't know how it is with you and your boyfriend, but with me and my messer, yeah, a lot of it's inspired by like shit that happens in that relationship. How does it how does it work for you? I think my type of comedy is just more observational and I just sort of look at something and be like, aha, that's funny. And if I can think of a punchline along with it, I'd pitch it. But I think for me, I don't come up with a lot of, I think I'm, I'm less about volume, more about the quality. So I won't like pitch a random idea to the chat when I know it's, you know, chat, because I know it's chat. I don't put that much energy into coming up with the ideas as much. So I can't really speak on, like if I have like a pattern or anything like that. I feel like when you think, when you're constantly trying to think of ideas, you don't come up with the best ideas. Yeah. She's come up with, I think like 10 ideas in the last year and they've all been, like whenever she does, she doesn't come up with ideas that often, but when she does, they always are the ones that do the best in that month. Oh, what I don't is know about say from a best friend? What, what a supportive best friend. <laughs> you guys are really cute together as friends, you know that? As just as friends. Yeah. Like, I love I love the platonic vibe that you guys give off with. Anyway, strict Indian parents. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you how do your parents feel about dating him, alright? I don't know. I think my, my parents are quite chill. Um my I think just in terms of brown families and the circles I'm in, um I'm quite close with my extended family and when we have close extended family they get very chatty so what about you so, bud what are your because you're brown as well what are your what are your family like with dating i am brown thanks for noticing <laughs> <laughs> last time i talked about my parents on a podcast my grandmother tried to have me cancelled banned from the family what <laughs> wait so, uh, hold up <laughs> what do you mean I talked about my parents and everyone in my family heard it and my grandmother tried to have me kicked out of uh, the family. Wait, what did you say? I love my family, but I don't like them as people and stuff like that. <laughs> but I don't feel that way as much anymore. As, at least about my close family. I love yeah. my close family. I like my close family. But I talked a bit about my extended family and they're like, fuck you. <laughs> God damn. How do you get cancelled from a family? Basically, she tried to like, she spread like a lot of malicious rumours about me. And like, you were like, oh yeah, he's kicked out of the house, he's homeless now. And I'm like, 
I was like having dinner with my parents when I heard this. I was like, what the fuck? I'm so <laughs> my, my dad told my grandmother off. And then, right. Yeah. My parents, okay. like, yeah, I feel like my family's really different from you guys. Because I think so. I'm, if it's not obvious for my name, I'm brown as well. My parents are really sure. I think in high school, they were really strict on stuff. Like, dude, I couldn't even watch M rated movies until I was like 16. Right? M rated movies until you were 16. Yeah, I just could not. They wouldn't. They wouldn't let me. Actually, even I think they wasn't allowed to. I just got like a school laptop. They couldn't really stop me after that. When you were like oh, twelve years old and you wanted to watch the Avengers, they didn't let you. They, I mean, Mar- okay, like superhero movies, they were like more okay with. But even then, it was like a lot of begging. I couldn't watch X Men. I could watch like Mar- I could watch the Avengers. But I couldn't watch the X Men. Had to beg your parents to watch the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Um, and then like, and so like that. That was like my high school. I was very repressed in high school in that sense. I didn't do anything. And I feel like once I turned 18, I started earning my own money. But that was like, all right, look, as long as you're like safe and responsible and all that. And then he saw that I was like fairly good. I was like fairly good at like, looking after myself. And then he was like, all right, yeah, cool. Do whatever you want now. And then I, I moved out of my parents' place earlier this year. And so once that happened, it was really like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, as long as you're happy. <laughs> What's the first M-rated movie you watched? I'll, t- I'll tell you the first movie I saw that I wasn't allowed to see when I was a kid. It was a Simpsons movie. Oh. That was that was M, right? Oh, that was PG. That was PG, but man, I got my ass kicked when my dad found out I watched it. Yeah, really? Watching The Simpsons? <laughs> yeah, I mean, not like I got into a lot of trouble over it. I, I was like 13 or 14. That's where it came out when I was like eight. Wait, so did you guys have parents that banned you from watching The Simpsons? No. Yeah. I wouldn't say they banned me from watching certain stuff. Like, I would always just be on, like, ABC or whatever when I was a kid. So, I didn't really have any sort of incentive to really make them mad. I, I watched Lord of the Rings when I was three. In <laughs> and they just didn't, they were like, yeah, what's a good movie? Watch it. And I think it's me, it's like, I couldn't, like, watch anything whenever I watched TV. They had, like, a really strict control of the remote. And, like, the moment any characters had any sort of romantic tension, channel got switched. <laughs> Is it one of those? Yeah. Oh, on, no, legit. I swear, like, whenever we watch any sort of movie and then two people kiss, it's like, it feels, it feels illegal to be watching it when you're sitting with your parents. Oh, yeah, when you're with your parents. Like, no, this is, this is porn. Oh, yeah, I used to is, that, is, that like a, is that a universal brown people? Hold up, what, what's the worst thing you guys have watched with your parents? I saw Logan with my dad when I was, like, 18 or whatever. And that's like a, it's not the song. No way, no way that was uncomfortable. Because I am normally very careful with like what I'm watching around my dad. Like I won't watch anything remotely violent or anything around him. Even if I'm on my laptop, I'll make sure that he can't see that I'm watching something violent or whatever. He, he used to get very iffy about it. And that was the first time since I'd become an adult that I was like watching something with him. And that was odd. In terms of like anything that made me uncomfortable. I watched Game of Thrones with my dad. Ooh. Oh, nice. Nice. Which, which one? Which episode? Have you guys watched the episode where Jamie, uh, Joffrey's, right? Jamie pretty much just rapes her. <laughs> that was the, probably the most uncomfortable scene. But like, it wasn't really any nudity, so it was not that bad. Um, I also watched Ted and the Dictator. Ted. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was you know that was a criminally underrated movie in my opinion. Ted? I don't like it that much. It's kind of weird. I, I'm, a, I'm a big Seth MacFarlane fan, and so I just generally tend to like what he does. You know what 
know what I do when I watch like a mature rated um, movie with my parents now? Wank. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, <laughs> anytime the next thing that happens in the movie, I just say fun facts about the movie to dispel the awkward silence. Uh, I was watching The Godfather with my dad and there's a scene where um, uh, Michael's wife uh, takes off her clothes and he was just like staring at it. And then I was like, I was like, did you know this book was adapted from, this, this movie was adapted from a book? It's, uh, it's, it's uh, um, Brassford Coppola. He also did a, there's two more movies in this trilogy. There's a, uh, uh, yeah, he's- Oh man, I remember, Funny that you mentioned Game of Thrones because my mum also wanted to watch Game of Thrones and my mum was like, oh, uh, there's Game of Thrones online with like Chinese subtitles. Uh, should we watch it together? And I was like, no, it's going to take too much time. And she was like, is it is because it's a TV show? I was like, no, it's going to take too much time for me to look up fun facts to, <laughs> to <Yeah>. say. <laughs> the first time I was watching Game of Thrones, like the first episode, I was like 15 minutes into it. Nothing too explicit happened. And then my dad saw I was watching it and they're like... <laughs> Son, you're not allowed to watch this. <laughs> I was like, you wouldn't watch anything. I was like, this is where he goes line? Okay. And then like, I sec- secretly watched it like a week later. And I was like, oh, I get it now. I, I think from, yeah, yeah I, I think from, I think I got into like a lot of trouble when I was younger on this stuff. And so like from like seven onwards, I became very, very, very careful about like what I was watching around my family. And so like, I wouldn't watch anything about like a PG rating around them. So I, I've never really experienced any of this stuff. Because I've heard that, like, people who have, like, a very repressed childhood get, like, into, uh, I don't know, they get, like, a little bit edgier as they get older. Or sometimes they just grow up really boring. Which, which way do you reckon, how do you reckon your parents' upbringing has affected your, I guess, tastes in terms of, like, edgier stuff now? Do you get, like, more excited by the fact that something is very violent or sexual? Or do you sort of just get, like, oh, my parents don't approve of this and, like, it's still, like, fucking up my subconscious? <laughs> I don't. If it did, it was like very, it was very brief and I kind of just normalized very quickly. Cause I think, so I'm, I'm 21. And so I pretty much like got like, with them, at least as far as my parents are concerned, they kind of sort of let me doing whatever I want pretty much as soon as uni started. Um, I feel like for a little bit, especially after I turned 18, I was like really excited to like do whatever I wanted and watch whatever I wanted and stuff. I still wouldn't do it around them. And so initially, I'd only ever watch like super violent TV shows or like, you know, that kind of like movies and stuff. But then I don't know. I, I feel like after a while, I was like, yeah, it's not. Yeah, I, I I think for me personally, I feel like I stabilized very quickly. But I know it's like the whole thing of like, oh, if a kid is never allowed to eat candy, the first time he's in the candy shop, he's gonna eat whatever he can find, right? But whereas if a kid has been growing up eating like bits of candy every now and then, they know moderation. Like they learn moderation. Do you think you were repressed when you were a kid? Oh yeah, big time, mate! I couldn't. I didn't watch X Men until I was fifteen, sixteen. X. Wait, I have a question. You have to ask if it's too personal, right? Yeah. When's the last time? When's the first time you went on Pornhub? <laughs> Why are you asking me specifically? Because like you were repressed, and like you're like. Oh, yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Did, did your parents give you a list of the top ten porn stars? Do you watch porn with your parents, Vlad? <laughs> I watched Game of Thrones. <laughs> Like you guys don't with the parents. <laughs> yeah, I get all the fun facts ready when I'm watching. <laughs> you know her real name isn't actually Sasha Gray. I gotta get an essay ready. <laughs> it's just a pseudonym. 
Henry, you want to answer that question? What, the first time I watched porn? Yeah. I don't know. I was like 15 or 16. Okay, I don't want to answer that because I'm ashamed. <laughs> Dude, how <laughs> 11. Even in, you wouldn't have heard puberty by that. How would it have? Yeah. No, no, because someone like, told me about it at school. I was like, hmm, okay. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, let me see. They were like, oh, it's just YouTube. It was like, it's, oh, it's YouTube, but for adults. And I'm like, all right. So, like, that's what I went into. I was like, oh, it's, I mean, it's just like, the- wearing and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, that's what he meant. <laughs> I remember the first time I watched porn and I was like, oh, so that's what a vagina looks like. That's that's definitely not what it looked like in the piece diagrams. Bro. <laughs> I was like, I, I expected like that, like, you know, the, you know how they uh, have like the uterus and like the vulvas and stuff. I was like, I expected it there to be like, you know how like with the uterus and it goes in, they have like that little curve thing. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, it just, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's just, it's just skin and, and, uh, and a hole. Where are the eggs? <laughs> I was like, oh, so that, so that's how they pee. Oh, so it's the insult part. <laughs> okay, when was the first time you saw a vagina? I, I, I hope it'll happen soon. I, I'm... <laughs> That's right, because you're saving yourself till marriage. Barely even know how to talk to girls. Sorry, I, you know, I, the first time I talked to girls, like, like, you know, last week, it was really exciting. It was a whole thing. Wait, but you've been friends with Vice for three years, so that's not... That's a lie, bro. They just text, bro. It's a, it's a whole thing like an old boys' school. Like, old boys' schools, man. You just, you have no... Oh, wait. Like... Vice didn't answer the question. Oh, yeah. When's the first time, when's the first time you saw a vagina bite? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, should we, should we wrap this up? <laughs> did you did you guys hear about um the the live action remake of Last Airbender on Netflix? Yeah, the showrunners um they quit because of creative differences with Netflix. Yeah, I mean, apparently like Netflix wanted it to be more like gritty and more sexual stuff. I was like, man, if they just make like the the way they were describing how they wanted Avatar to be, sounded like they wanted to make Riverdale more with bending. Alright, did you guys? Alright, did you guys like Legend of Korra? Because I know it's quite a polarizing show. Like a lot of people didn't like, especially the first certain plot points, and they were like, "Oh, it just it it ruined the entire last Airbender series." You know what I mean? The the premise is that it's a different iteration of life. So I don't I see them as two separate shows. But you said you recently told me that you thought Korra was better than Last Airbender. Yeah, I like Korra okay. better because I feel like they I don't know it just explored the politics side of things. And also, they explored trauma a lot more than Airbender. I feel like Airbender was just very um, palatable for kids. But Korra was, like, it was quite mature in that sense. It was interesting to sort of see her and her relationship with, like, spirituality and mindfulness as well. I really liked um, how they explored, like, metal bending and the other types of bending as well. I thought that was, like, a good way to expand the world. Like, they didn't just... Because I know with a lot of the Star Wars spin-offs and stuff like that, a lot of it is just like nostalgia um, yeah. stuff to sort of. I think one of the one of my issues with Rogue One was like the characters weren't that interesting and like they depended on was it the the AT ATNTs and shit like that. The whole steampunk vibe in season one I thought was really good, and then season three the exploration of like anarchy and stuff I thought was like excellent. Yeah, right. I like the Firebenders. Oh, shut the fuck up. I haven't even watched the show. I haven't watched it. <laughs> um, if you want to see like good American satire, Beep's like very funny. Beep is very, very funny. <laughs> oh, have you guys watched Silicon Valley? Yeah, Silicon Valley was, um, that was a show, I think they, they would go back to back. It would be like Beep on HBO and then Silicon Valley would follow or like vice versa. 
because they were like very yeah. similar in tone. It was like satire slash parody type. So yeah, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Uh, our uh, sponsor for today is uh, the Cult Program. <laughs> you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to talk about our sponsor for today, Akil? Because you're the one who um who kept insisting. Uh, I'm, uh, our sponsor today is is Beastog. After they sue us for that for that article that, for that um itinerary thing that we did. Beastog for the boys. Yeah, after last year we did that one about uh, use of Beastog ball. They were not happy, and then when I went to the ball that year, they're like, Akil, what the fuck are you doing here? I, I have to end up to another meeting, so I'll see you guys later. I will try to join more podcasts in the future now that I'm now that Tim's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Let us know in the comments if you want to see a kill and more podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, then just don't say anything, and we'll take the silence as the feedback that it deserves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You effing with some wet ass p word. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass p word. Give me everything you've got for this wet ass. P-word.